You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, gorgeous listener, and welcome to episode 69 of The Hungry Soul podcast with myself, Rachel Foy. Hello, how are you doing? I'm sat here doing this, obviously, and it's absolutely pouring down outside. Autumn has well and truly arrived. There are leaves all over the floor. It's feeling a little bit fresher. I'm drinking a lot more tea and I'm kind of contemplating how seasons obviously bring about change outside, but how they also bring about change for us on the inside as well. And this is something that I just want to invite you to have a little think about for a moment because whenever we start to reconnect back to our truth and our authentic selves and our real version of us, so for me that's our soul-fed woman, it's amazing how much magic we start to recognise around us and how the seasons do affect us as women and how everything on the outside affects us on the inside and vice versa. And when you start to realise and recognise that, you give yourself permission to step into this world of, well, of magic. It's the only word that I use to describe this. It really is pure magic. And this is such a beautiful conversation to start with on today's show because of who we have on the um, podcast very, very soon. I'm going to introduce her in a second. Now, talking about change of seasons, as we have rolled into autumn, and all of that change has arrived and schools have restarted and, you know, we're kind of getting back to the new normality, whatever that might look like for us. There's a lot of exciting changes happening over here as well at Soulfed Woman HQ. I've got my book coming out really soon called The Hungry Soul, which I will definitely be telling you more about in the coming few weeks. So stay patient. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. We're also getting geared up to relaunch the Food Freedom Masterclass, which is starting in a couple of weeks' time, I believe, so two to three weeks from now, which is really exciting as well. And we've got some really exciting live workshops happening in and around the UK, and quite possibly, top secret, a few that might be happening over in the US next year as well. So, keep you posted. Now, in the meantime, if this is a topic around finding your freedom and particularly around food and body image and how you feel about yourself, then you can head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash get started. And over there you can download a 23 page guide, which really just starts to submerge you into this conversation around the truth about body image and food and and who you really are as a soulfed woman. So go and get your hands on that guide if you haven't already. And when you sign up to that, you'll also be added to my email address, um, email list, sorry. So any updates around programs, workshops, new offerings, books, etc., um, you'll be the first to hear as well, okay? Right, let's move on to today's guest. So I was speaking a few moments ago about magic and how when we start to tune into that version of who we are, things can start to, it's kind of like we begin to crack open and we start to find our truth, our real truth, our authentic truth and all these stories and beliefs that have prevented us from being that version of ourselves, it starts to fall away. Now, I've been in business for over a decade and I've done so many things along my own journey, which I won't bore you with right now, but needless to say, I've seen a lot and I've, you know, witnessed a lot and I've learned a lot and I've discovered a lot and quite 
early on in that journey, probably around 2010, I think 2009, 2010, I came across someone online who I resonated with straight away and I've been following her ever since, not in a stalkerish kind of way, but just in a way of like watching her grow, watching her evolve her work and her soul's work and who she is and becoming a mum and, and all the things that we go through, which sometimes some of those were rite of passage and just watching her. So a little while ago, I reached out and I was like, I really want you to come on the podcast because the stuff that you do, I just adore it. And I think you're such a wonderful person and kind of a bit of a fangirl moment. I was like, can I really want to speak to you in person? And when she said, yeah, I was like, amazing. I'm so excited. So I'm actually going to let her introduce herself because some of you might already know who she is anyway. This is the gorgeous Sarah Jenks. And I had her on the show a little while ago and we spoke about yeah, about becoming our own versions of our true self and how often as women we hold ourselves back with the stories and the beliefs and those things, particularly when we've got children and maybe you're growing a business as well. So we had some really beautiful, honest, raw, heartfelt conversations that I can't wait for you to hear now, okay? So without further ado, here's Sarah Jenks and I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. So today's guest, she's here. It's the gorgeous Sarah Jenks. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I'm Every so often I have guests here on The Hungry Soul and I'm so genuinely excited to talk to them. You are one of those people. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I'm honored. So um, for anybody that perhaps isn't familiar with you and your work, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction as to who you are and, and what you're all about, really? Yes, absolutely. So I, I always have a hard time explaining what I do. I'm sure you have the same. Yeah. Issue. So I, I do, I'm basically in the personal development space, you know, as I'm sure most of your guests are. And for many years, I was specifically helping women who struggled with emotional eating. And I, I've been in that space since around 2009. And what I came to realize through working with emotional eaters, and the reason why I got into it is because I have a long history of disordered eating and over mostly around overeating. I could never really figure out how to undereat, you know? So um, I was always the person who thought that my life would completely change if I lost 20 pounds, but I could never stick to a diet for longer than three days. So I, it wasn't until I figured out, oh, my life totally sucks. And so the only thing I'm getting for pleasure and for fun is eating. And I, when I just worked on having my life suck less, I stopped eating so much. Yeah. And of course that process was more difficult than it sounds. So much inner work, so much soul searching, um, really looking at all of my patterns around why I was neglecting my happiness and my self-care and what I really wanted. And what I realized through that process of my own discovery and then working with thousands and thousands of clients um, through my program that's called Live More Way Less was that a lot of women um, who struggle with emotional eating have the same issue as women who just struggle with making time for themselves or um, feeling spiritually disconnected or um, anxiety, drinking problems, shopping problems. Um, and it really comes back to, we don't feel the freedom to be personally expressed. Mm -hmm. And 
And at the core, we don't feel like we have the space to actually express who we are. We don't have the space to explore what that is. And we don't feel like people will accept who we are mm -hmm. if we actually come out as ourselves. And so now I work with women to really uncover who they are at their core and, and go through the process of you know, what, what will it take to really be that person in your daily life um, and to, to get over all the hurdles of worrying we're going to piss people off or trigger people or that we just can't, you know, there's so many, you know, we can get into all the things, but there's just so many rules that so many of us are following um, and so many lies that we've been told about how to be happy that and what it takes to be happy um, that I've been really trying to um, debunk for women and, mm. and change that, that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how your, your kind of story, in fact, your story and my story, there's so many similarities. It's a little bit freaky, yeah. <laughs> but kind of running that parallel of realizing that women who struggle with food, it's not about the food. It's all mm -hmm. symbolic and symptomatic and really sort of helping mm -hmm. them appreciate that it is about what you've just said, trying to find your authentic self and what does that look like and what does she need and what does she mm -hmm. want? And, and you also just said something there that's really, really relevant that why do we find it so hard? Like, you know, kind of speaking mm -hmm. our truth, it's, you would think it would be so easy, but it isn't, is it? It's, it's so difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult. And um, this is one of the things that I've really loved talking about recently because um, I don't know if you felt like this, but when I, when I became a mother, I felt like what I was being told was the key to happiness is to have a husband and a cute house and a few kids. And if I had those things, then I should be fulfilled. And I got those things and I was miserable. And I realized that we've been sold this one size fits all solution to happiness. And women are so different. Yeah. Like all of our souls are different. We all deserve lives that are, are as unique as our fingerprint, that we don't have a one size fits all solution to happiness. And my belief is that we've been sold this one size fits all solution to happiness to hide our power. Because mm. if we're all walking around feeling bad for being unhappy, we're never going to say anything. And we're never going to raise our hand and be like, what's up with this? Yeah. Or want more. And then we just exist in this low level energy of feeling miserable, but being quiet about it because we're told that we should just be more grateful for what we have. Oh my goodness. Like how true is that? So like, true. That whole kind of, oh, we should be grateful. You know, you've, as you've said, the husband, the house, the kids, the job, the money, the car, whatever it might be. And then there's that, there's that dichotomy then, isn't there? There's that struggle of, well, I'm such a bad person for not feeling grateful because I've got all the things that should be making me happy. So what's going on? Right. And I believe that there's been methodical 
cultural lies that women have been told that keep us in this place of not understanding our power and not rising up on purpose. Oh, and absolutely. I mean, we're kind of talking about the sociological aspects. I don't know whether you've read Witch by Lisa Lister. I have, yes. Yes. So when she talks about how that was all about keeping women quiet and keeping them small and keeping them in the shadows. And I think so many of us don't fully realize that that's still a big part of, of who we are and what we're buying into. Yeah, it's the same thread just um, in a different, this is like our, our current situation. I mean, it's been happening. It's like, you know, past couple generations. But, you know, if you look at the burning times, you know, women being out about being herbalists and midwives and healers and... Yeah. Um, and magical and connected to the earth and connected to the old religion, then uh, women were killed. Yes. And I mean, and we're still feeling that and our, our like current version of shh, be quiet. Don't say anything. Like, don't be too much. Don't be too magic. Don't be too powerful. You know, is to say like, just be happy with what you have. Don't complain. Yeah. Uh, and then also the body stuff. You mm. will, it's like the, the story of you will never be worthy unless you look a certain way. Yeah. And so that keeps us in the constant distraction of changing what we look like that keeps us from actually looking at what we need to be looking at, which is how, how do I become the best leader that I'm meant to be? And how yeah. do I make the change that I'm here to make? Um, I mean, you can tell, like, I get really pissed. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm on your page. <laughs> I, totally, I totally know you are because I just see so many women. I'm like, you are brilliant. You are brilliant and you are talented and you are fiery and you are wasting your time waiting to be the powerful version of you because you're just worried about being a size four. Absolutely. And I think you, you talk about waiting on the weight, don't you? It's like mm -hmm. so many women do wait for their weight to change and kind of buying into that well, that story really that they've been fed that they should want to take up less space in the world by physically shrinking, which is so twisted, but we don't realize that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also keeps us from realizing that our bodies are a tool for our power and we need to take care of our health yeah. more, than, more than what we need to worry about what we look like. Because like what women talk to me all the time about, I'm sure you get this all the time is, well, if I don't care about what I look like, then I'll, then I'll eat everything. I'm like, since when is the only reason to take care of your body to look pretty? No, you know, we need to have energy to go out and do what we want to do. We want to feel great. We want to, um, not feel, you know, have bad digestion all the time or, I mean, there's just like, a, like make a laundry list of issues that come from just ignoring what our, our unique bodies actually need. Absolutely. Um, just going back to something you mentioned then, and it's a word, whenever I hear another woman talking about power, I literally get goosebumps. I'm like, yes, this yeah. is what where these conversations need to happen as they are doing. But I'm just intrigued, Sarah, what's your definition of power? So when you talk about a woman being in her power, what does that actually mean to you? So for me, I believe that we're all born with it. Um, we're born with this innate passion and fire in us. And what happens is as we grow up in the cultures that we're growing up in, it's hidden from us. 
So we're distracted from it. Um, we're distracted from it by being obsessed with what we look like or think that we have to fit into this one size fits all version of happiness. Um, or the lie of if I do something for myself, then other people in my life will be worse off. Um, like all these, all these lies that we've been told that keep women from recognizing our power. That's, that's a big one for women, isn't it? That kind of trade off as if I look after others, I have to neglect me. Right. It's not true. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me, that power is, I mean, to put into words, it's just, it's our soul. Mm-hmm. It's who we are. And I know when I have, when I've given myself the space, like literally when I see, when I mean space, I mean going away for a couple of days, yeah. you know, turning off my phone um, or taking even just a full day at home without any work or distractions or, you know, a half an hour every morning consistently yeah. to hear myself. What I hear when I'm quiet is that power and all the ideas and all the opinions and the fire and um, just this innate, you know, sometimes it's anger and sometimes it's excitement and it changes. Yeah. And for me, I feel really more connected to that power when I'm in nature. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that it's connected to the sort of thread of magic that lives all around us. Yeah. Um, impulses through our own bodies and um, and that connection that we have to each other, you know, our fellow humans. And when we recognize someone else who's also tuned into their own power, it's like a, a click, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a magnet. It's like, Oh, she's got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So to kind of backtracking then a little bit, you said that your work initially was around food. You realized it wasn't about food. It was about all this kind of this mm-hmm. like work, this conversation. So, and I always ask my guests this because I know that for most of us that are in this field of helping others, we've had our own experience and that's partly why we're so passionate about sharing our knowledge. Mm-hmm. But what kind, of, what kind of things have you discovered for yourself which have been like very pivotal, fundamental parts of your journey that you're so glad have, have actually happened? Yeah. So when I was... So after I had my son, which was a little over four years ago, I had my son when my husband was in his surgical residency. He was in a six-year program being trained to be a urologist, which is a surgical specialty. And he worked 90 hours a week and didn't make hardly any money. We had to pay our nanny more than what my husband made. And so... I was not only the primary parent, but the primary breadwinner mm. in San Francisco, which is one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. So I, and then when my son was, and I had a really, my son was a tough baby. I had a really hard transition to motherhood. And then when he was nine months old, I, I got pregnant with my second. And I, after I... It, was, it sort of started happening. I mean, it was really happening the whole time. Basically, I was just really miserable. Yeah. And I completely lost myself. And I really thought that I was supposed to want to be a stay-at-home mom because I had this belief system that the way for me to be happy is to be happy being married with two kids 
and a house and to just enjoy it. Exactly. And um, I didn't realize that. And it also was, and then, um, and then I'd sort of have that one day. Then the other day I would be like, I'm just going to be a successful businesswoman. And I would try to follow all the rules about being a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I'm going to say many. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many rules. <laughs> and, you know, so basically I got myself into this position where I was like, okay, well, I'm basically failing at motherhood. So I might as well be a great businesswoman. And I spent so much money on my business, like huge Facebook ad campaigns, major branding overhauls. Like I was like, I'm going to be the new Weight Watchers for emotional eaters. Man, I'm really going for it. And um, I, I had a launch of Live More Way Less where I spent six figures, and I needed to make that money back and then make six months of rent. Mm-hmm. And I made I think one thousand more dollars than my investment. Ugh. And so I remember being like. I've literally just been ignoring my kids for months to make this business happen. It didn't work. I lost a ton of money. We don't, I can't pay the rent. You know, I have, I think at at that point I was eight months pregnant. Goodness. Blood pressure skyrocketed, needed to get induced. I mean, it was just terrible. And I realized that I, I had completely lost touch with who I was and what I wanted because I was trying to fit myself into one of these boxes. Was I going to be yeah. a home mom or was I going to be a working mom? And then I, I realized how damaging the box was, regardless of what box it was. And I, I had my daughter. I sort of ignored everything for a while, lived off of credit, and then I fired my entire team, got my business down to almost nothing, and, and just started soul searching and mm-hmm. finally started asking the question, who am I now as a mother? What do I really want? Like, what if this whole business thing isn't right for me? What if this whole motherhood thing isn't, isn't right for me, the way that I've been thinking about it? Like, what do I need that's totally unique and assuming there's infinite possibilities. And so, you know, it's like, I started going away with my girlfriends, my like very close core group of girlfriends for five days once a year. Um, I went to Esalen, which is a beautiful retreat center. I did therapy by myself. I did therapy with my son and I did therapy with my husband. So I was going to therapy three days a week. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I started working really deeply with my spiritual teacher and doing a, a priestess initiation program I worked with so many healers and teachers. I mean, I just really went for it. Yeah. And um, through that process, what I, what I discovered was what I really wanted, right? And it took a while and I had to really tune out all of the rules that people were telling me. Yeah. Um, and really think about what do I want? Not what my parents want for me, not what my friends want, not what my husband wants for me, not even what, like this projection of what I think my kids want. I really needed to think about me. And so what happened was, um, I worked with this woman, Katina Mercadante, who I always credit because she's just totally turned my life around. And um, she had me get really clear on, you know, my five-year plan. And so I wrote a very clear five-year plan. I was living in San Francisco at the time. I was like, okay, in five years, I really want to live in Massachusetts 
and I want to bring this um, like cool feminine spirituality that is just everywhere in San Francisco. Yeah. And one of the people that is holding space to bring this in New England because it's here. Um, I just it's just not as prevalent, you yeah. know. Yeah. On the West Coast, and so I just wanted to do my part to bring that culture of feeling free to be ourselves and to, and for me, learning about the divine feminine and, and all of that cool spiritual stuff is really connected Absolutely. because the seasons and the cycles give us permission to be ever changing. Mm. Um, and so I wrote up my five-year plan and I was so specific. I was like, I want to have a retreat center and I want women to be able to like gather in the woods and I want to build a yurt. I want there to be, you know, a stream or some sort of body of water. I saw women, like a hundred women making a big circle in a field. I wrote it all down and I was like, okay, so we'll move to Massachusetts. We'll live somewhere for a while. And then I'll start looking for this house. Two weeks later online, the house shows up and like verbatim. And not only is there a, like a separate building, it, it's a round building um, so it's yurt style, but it's this beautiful four season, um, you know, house with a bedroom and two bathrooms and a kitchen. And it's just absolutely stunning, like way better than a yurt. And, and there's a lake and a beautiful house and it's 23 acre farm. And I'm just in shock, like looking at these pictures, totally in shock. My husband's in shock because I shared with him the vision. And he was like, I don't know how you do this stuff. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> magic and of course it was way out of our price range and I had no idea how we we're gonna make it happen and I was sitting at my altar the next day and I just asked what do I do and I heard google it and I'm like okay so I tried to figure out like they had the name of the farm and I googled it turns out the farm was owned by my high school therapist oh my goodness <laughs> Which is not like so, I mean, it's so crazy. It's not so crazy because I grew up 15 minutes from where my new house is, but it was still, I mean, of all the houses and all the timing, you yeah, know, yeah. crazy. Um, so I just sent her an email like, hi, I don't know if you remember me, but I just, I wrote up this whole vision and then your house came up and I just want to come see it. And so I flew to Massachusetts and California. I saw the house. Turns out we have almost identical spiritual belief systems. A lot of the work that I wanted to do, she had already been doing here. And, um, you know, it's like a whole nother story. I basically waffled back and forth forever. I went through the process of, I should just want a small house at the end of the cul-de-sac and be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, buying a big house with a, with a large mortgage meant that I was giving up that quote-unquote dream. Because yeah. I was, you know, I was saying, okay, I'm going to be responsible for, for, you know, financially for part of this house with my husband. And I really had to look at over and over, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And I had to have my, and because it, it wasn't logical, it was like way more than we should be spending. It was, you know, it's a 23 acre property. Like we have two young kids. We, we can't take care of this place. You know, like nothing made sense. But I had to have, um, you know, my tribe of women yeah. who are just like, Sarah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make sense. This is your place. Yeah. They just saw my crazy, they saw the magic, and they honored it. 
And I think there's nothing more important than that, than women who are going to be like, it doesn't matter if it makes exactly. sense. Absolutely. What matters is if you feel connected, if you feel let up, we believe in you, you can do this. And so we did it. And we've been here for, I guess, seven or eight months now. Um, I got pregnant right when we moved, which was really interesting timing. <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been so amazing. And since being here, I've created um, this online program called Whole Woman, which is to help women find their tribe of women to sort of honor their crazy. So we have like this whole huge community of women who are doing crazy stuff. I love that. Only you're crazy. Cause sometimes we can feel crazy. Can't we? When we've got these desires yeah. and these, these like spiritual cravings, I guess. And logically other people think we've lost it, but we know that that's what we're needing. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love, yeah, it's so important because I have people in my life who are more logical and they're more logical because they want me to be safe. Yes. So I totally don't make them wrong. Um, but it's nice having both. You know, absolutely. What quick, quick question. It might not be a quick answer, but quick question. You, you said then about your really tuning in, like when you, when you had your little boy, um, and just kind of silencing all those rules and, and actually going back to you as in, what do I really want? Because mm -hmm. this is a question which so many of us, we, we struggle with, like, it seems like such an easy question to be able to answer. And yet sometimes we can't. So mm -hmm. why, why do you think that we struggle so much with actually knowing what we're just wanting? Because mm -hmm. surely when we know the answer to that question, the path ahead should be a lot easier to walk. Yeah. I think that, I think that there's like a gatekeeper to mm -hmm. what we want gatekeeper is the wrong word. There's like a monster that stands between our like reality mind, like what we're our day to day yeah. and our soul. And that monster is the belief that if we, if we tap into what we want, everybody else's lives are going to be ruined and, or we're going to be totally rejected and we're not going to be safe. And so I think what we need to do first, and this is what I'm doing in whole woman is like really looking at that monster mm. and really uncovering what are all of the rules and boxes that I've been telling myself about, about how, what, about who I am is at odds with the world. Yeah. And so we have to relearn that actually when, when women tune into what they want, it serves their children. It serves their partner. It serves their community. Yeah. And, um, and it's not as, it's not damaging. It's a gift. Absolutely. Kind of reframing it from feeling selfish to actually, it's, it's nothing to do with selfish. It's actually feeding us in yeah. a way that then benefits everybody else. Right. Exactly. Um, it's so, it's so that it's so like, that's the thing. It's like, I think we actually all secretly know we're just scared to admit it because we think we're about to ruin everybody else's lives. <laughs> like the whole world will implode. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, just a few kind of quick questions because we're coming towards the end already and I could speak to you forever. So you might need to come back. Um, but in terms of your specific journey so far, and you've, you've spoken you know, quite openly about you've moved house and you're, you're following your, your desires, you're following like the thing that lights you up. What are your biggest challenges at the moment? So in terms of you staying on this path of speaking your truth and owning your truth, staying in your power, like what are the challenges that you have just to make everybody else aware that this is constantly a journey for everybody? Oh my gosh, yes, such a great question. So the thing that I'm personally working on right now is I still feel the, the box around how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm really trying to shift away from running a business to holding a temple. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So different because what can happen is when I go into, I'm a business owner, I, I really push and there's endless opportunities for different marketing strategies and Facebook ads and all this crap. And oh my word. Yeah. I'm so glad that I have a foundation in communication and marketing and like I know how to run a business. Like I'm grateful for that. And I I really need to be constantly pulling myself back to focalize like I'm holding a temple. I'm inviting people into a temple. And what's most important as me as the temple leader is to like be in my own spiritual work and sovereignty and to not be just pushing all the time. Yeah. And so I'm just constantly needing to come back to that place. And that's been a real struggle because mm. I just spin, you know, yeah. all the stuff. And at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. And I do this work because I love it. You know? Um, so that's I, think, I, I think that's also the challenge though, because I'm assuming that you are, as am I, like that ambitious driven mm -hmm. part of you is the thing that's needed to, to get your work and your message out there. But it's also bringing back, I suppose, the feminine really, isn't it? And actually having that space to, to just be rather than to just do. So I'm, I'm glad to know that you, you are struggling with that as, as am I. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I really, um, you know, I need to, I'm just constantly coming back to it. And it's been, mm. it's my whole system has been happier when oh I'm God. in temple mode as opposed to business mode. I love that. It's got a totally different feeling to it, hasn't it? You feel it in your body. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels more sovereign as you said. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. So before we wrap up, where can we find you out there on the World Wide web? Yeah. So I think the best place for people to start is I have this really great um, I have this really great workshop about the four lies that women have been told that keep us stuck in this place of overwhelm and exhaustion and doing things for everybody else before we do anything for ourselves. Um, and, and everyone can access that at sarahjenks.com backslash free workshop. Cool. And so I think that's the best, like get in, you'll learn the work for free and then you can sort of decide where you want to go from there. Absolutely. And just to get that awareness sometimes of going, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. And I hadn't realized yeah. that's where the power starts to, starts to appear. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having oh, a chat with us. It's been absolutely gorgeous. So it's been so fun. And I just know that you have the most wonderful community. So it's been so great to be here with you guys. You're very welcome. We'll catch up soon. See you later. Right. Bye. Bye. So there you go, gorgeous. Another episode brought to you by The Hungry Soul. Now, if that conversation has got you a little bit curious about your own journey right now and how perhaps you can start helping yourself to become more self-ed, but maybe you've got no idea where to start or what that might even mean for you, don't panic. We've got some fabulous gifts for you that are all completely free. All you need to do is head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash free dash resources. And over there, there's workshops, handouts, meditations, and loads of other goodies. So go and grab as many of them as you want to. Can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye.